Sometimes I look at myself and wonder, who am I? A simple answer would be, well, I'm a human being like everyone else. And yeah, that's true, but we're children of God. John 1.12 says, But to all who receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. A young woman was rushed into the McGee Women's Hospital in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at around 11.50 in the morning on Easter Sunday. A little girl was born into the world on April 20, 2003 to Frank and Christina. Being only one pound, 12 ounces, and three months early, the baby was rushed into the NICU and hooked up to a multitude of different machines to keep her alive. The, the doctor then came to the hospital room to give Frank and Christina the news about, her, about their baby. The doctor sat them down and told them that sadly the baby wouldn't make it. And even if the baby would survive, she would suffer from cerebral palsy, a condition that affects the person's balance and their ability to maintain proper posture. The doctors also told them that she would have no chance of ever talking or walking. They were devastated. They prayed and prayed. And finally one day, their prayers were answered. Their little girl would make it. They spent the next three to four months in the hospital, watching their little girl thrive, watching her from an incubator as she continued to improve day by day. They then brought her into a home of loving family that included aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, and grandparents. Fast forward almost 19 years, and I assume you guys know that that's me. <laughs> um, I'm a senior in high school, I'm about to graduate, and trying to figure out what I want to do with my life and my career. So, I decided, well, I want to do something to help the community and become local law enforcement. I asked my mom what her day was like when I was born, and this is what she said. It was Good Friday, April 18, 2003. I had gone to my obstetrician for a 28-week checkup to see how she was doing. As we finished up, my doctor looked at me and said, oh, we haven't done an ultrasound in a while. Why don't we do that now? A few moments later, I saw his face turn ashen white, and he quickly scrambled out of the room with a nurse in tow. A few moments later, he asked her father and I to meet him in his office, and he spelled out that there is no amniotic fluid around her, and that there was a 50-50 chance that she would be born or live at all. He offered to terminate the pregnancy as there was a slim chance she could survive, but her father and I elected to travel four hours to one of the best hospitals in the state of Pennsylvania. Several tearful phone calls later to my father, a pediatrician, and he and my mother were on their way from Maine to Pennsylvania to meet us at the hospital. On their way, they activated the Brunswick Seventh-day Adventist church prayer chain to pray for Isabel and I. I remember being scared. I remember bargaining with God to let her live. Upon arrival at the hospital, I was hooked up to every imaginable machine that was monitoring her heartbeat around the clock. And every 30 minutes, her nurse would come in and check my vitals to make sure that she was still alive. All Friday night and to the next day, Saturday. 
Sunday morning rolled around, and around 9 a.m., she started showing signs of extreme fetal distress, and the decision was made to have an emergency C-section so, so that there was a chance she would survive. At noon on Easter Sunday, 2003, she came into the world quiet as a mouse, bright red, and those big, beautiful blue eyes wide open. The doctor said that it would take her up to three to four months before she started recognizing her father and I. She weighed one pound, 12 ounces, and was 11 inches long, and she was the most perfect little baby you've ever seen. If you, if you ever need an example of a living, breathing miracle, just look at her. There was no reason she was supposed to live. She was supposed to have died. She was, to ha she was supposed to have all these medical conditions. And she was supposed to be completely unable to care for herself. I consider myself one of the most blessed and luckiest people on the face of the planet to be given an example so amazing as my own. Being children of God gives us the idea that no matter what, he will always look out for us. He sees what we do, but does he condemn us? John 3:17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We need to complete his mission, which is getting his word out to the entire world. And yeah, that's kind of 7.7 .7 billion people besides the people who know about God, but they need to hear his word. In Matthew 28, 19 to 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God wanted me to live. He had a reason for me to be alive. And we may not know what his purpose is for us, but... He does. He wants each and every one of you to preach his word, the Bible. We may not know the plan that he has, but what we can do is listen to his word and obey his commands. He died on the cross for our sins so that we wouldn't have to. Acts 2.23 says, This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge and you with the help of wicked men put him to death by nailing him on the cross I want you to look back on what he's done for you there may be small things and there may be big things but all the things are done out of his love his love is long lasting it's everlasting he loves us no matter what we have done and he loves us no matter what decisions we've made. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor the convent of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Isaiah 54.10 He promises that nothing will separate us from him. I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter what life throws at you, God will be there for you. That's, that's what he did for me. He stuck by my side from day one, not leaving me because he wanted me to be here talking to you. God made us these promises because he wants us to keep them. And yeah, we may not always keep them, but he loves us no matter what. Sometimes we ask him to heal a friend from sickness or keep grandma alive until Christmas. But sadly, sometimes that doesn't happen. We may get mad at God for not keeping those promises or answering our prayers. How we look at the circumstances determines on how we survive. Am I looking for the miracle that God will send through this awful situation? My mom, she was looking for a miracle. And that, and in that, she saw God's miracle through me. And even when death and sickness happens, God will bring a miracle to your life in spite of death, sickness, war just as he did through the death of his son. Through death, we are saved and can live with God eternally. And through death, we have the miracle of life. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What kind of situations are you going through? What are the hardest struggles that you've gone through or are going through right now? I asked a few people close to me that are struggling with something or are and whatnot, and this is what they said. Struggling with a depressive episode and just basic dysmorphia of life in general. Anxiety, depression, school, homework overload, people underestimating me, fear of the unknown, and COVID. I'd say the hardest struggle is the incessant, increasing pace of change. 47 years ago, when we got married, if you told me where my life would be right now, I would be rolling on the floor laughing. I've gotten my paycheck in Brunswick from eight sources. The change in how pediatrics is practiced has dramatically changed. The culture we live in has become more secular than and there's a limited reference to God to a day-to-day reaction, interactions. I spend far more time dealing with behavioral and social issues, issues than I dreamed possible. It's a struggle to accept and embrace the constant change and stay true to our sovereign Lord, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is so much that each of us has in front of us, in the media, friends, the environment we live and work in that we are constantly distracted from what is it of eternal purpose. My greatest concern, being a mother and all, are leading you and your siblings in a personal relationship with God, with daily reading in his word, and longing each morning to spend a while in reading and in company with him, thoughtful time with him before the day begins. It's a huge thought that the critical decisions that you make will determine the future of you and your loved ones. You are that pivotal person. You have the tools. Go for it. Deuteronomy 31.6 
says, "Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor terrified of them, for the Lord your God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you." God has looked out for me from the moment I was born. He will do anything, no matter how dumb it is or how serious the situation is. But one thing to remember is that we are children of God. I want you to think about these next questions. What has been, what have you been asking God to do in your life, and what miracles would you like to see this year? What is the desire of your heart? What has God been nudging you about that you're completely ignoring? What has God made? How would God make a difference through you this year? And I'll give you a minute to think about that. Now that I've given you a moment to think, I would like you to stand with me as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for all the promises you made us. Without you, we'd be hopeless. Thank you for reminding us over and over again that we are your children, beyond what we have done. Thank you for giving each and every one of us an identity, a true self. Thank you for always loving us, no matter what. Thank you for all the miracles that you've given us in each and every one of our lives. I know that everyone has gone through trials and tribulations, but we know who to lean on. Now, as I'm closing this prayer. I want to thank you for everything, and always being a lookout for us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more content or to connect with us, visit us online at BrunswickAdventist.Church.